This is One North Stories. Our goal here is quite simple. We provide hyper-local, brand-based storytelling at the intersection of science, technology, and business here in Singapore with a global perspective. We are starting with a launch series focused on technology startups, and then plan to take the podcast broader, telling our stories, your stories, about the Singapore deep tech ecosystem. Whether you work as a venture capitalist on Sand Hill Road or in Southeast Asia, already doing R&D in Singapore, or perhaps a student dreaming big about technology, or someone in between. Join us to learn about the exciting technology being developed in our labs in Singapore, their translation journeys to market, and the inspirational people coming together to make yesterday's dream reality. If you have future episode ideas, segment ideas, or want to partner with us on this exciting journey, please get in touch. Our contact details are in the show notes. These are our stories. We hope they inspire you to create your own. And now, on to the show. Artificial intelligence that is specifically tailored to solve material science problems. And so we're talking about an acceleration of 25 to 50. Remove two of the ingredients, three, two, they were the, the most expensive, and the third one was really it was not, not a good ingredient for the environment. And we were able to reduce the cost in more than 20%, which was wow. completely mind-blowing to, to this company. My hope and my vision is to see, you know, Shintera's name is a company that's synonymous with creating sustainable materials or having people walk around wearing clothes that are embedded with carbon capture materials so that every human being could be a carbon capture agent. For this episode, I've sat down with Jatin Kumar and Patrick Tesimir from Shintera. We discussed their backgrounds before Shintera, starting a company to be able to nimbly address industry needs in the materials design space, becoming independent of the labs that originated the core technology, their core platform, XDF, which is artificial intelligence and rapid experimental iterations for materials discovery, and their overall goal of sustainable materials for our future. On to the interview. Hi, I'm Ruben Backer, and we're here at One North Stories. Today we are visiting Sintera, and I have two co-founders here, Jatin Kumar and Patrick Tesemir. I, I hope I got your name somewhat correct. Tesemir. <laughs> Tesemir. Okay, great. So Sintera is a material science company, but kind of a new technology material science company that was founded here in Singapore in 2021. So maybe first we can get a little bit on your background and your early interest in science technology. And what were you doing prior to Sintera? Maybe Jatin first. Sure. Thanks, Ruben. So my background is that I'm a polymer chemist and a chemical engineer by training, but I think I've, since I was a kid, I was an experimentalist at heart from, you know, blowing stuff up in the kitchen, testing out hot air rising with plastic bags and a toaster and other sort of harebrained experiments. Since I was a kid, I, I grew up wanting to do experimentation in the lab and I continued doing experimentation in the lab as part of my PhD. And loved it so much that when I returned back to Singapore, I got a job at ASTAR as a staff scientist. And so I spent about close to 10 years at ASTAR looking at ways that polymers could be applied to a whole range of applications, care, medicine, batteries. And it was sort of in the later half of my stint at ASTAR that I started to grow frustrated with how long polymers, well, how long R&D took. And that's what led me to discover and, and sort of learn more about machine learning as a way to accelerate the development. So when I started it, I mean, most people were like, what is this guy talking about? He's a material scientist. Why is he interested in 
computing, but but I stuck with it. I teamed up with a couple of guys at IHPC. I did some machine learning and found that I really, really did accelerate materials development. And that's when I also started having conversations with and and another colleague, Tonio, hearing about the new movement with with machine learning and high throughput experimentation and high performance computing in materials development and the new program that they were starting. And so I joined the bandwagon or joined forces with them and 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 got that program up and up and running. And we were really, really interested in applying it to a whole bunch of different materials science domain expertise. And then eventually the idea came about that, hey, let's spin out a company. And eventually we, we met the rest of our co-founders, Patrick included, and that led to us forming Shitera. Okay, great. So just a, another quick question on, on your technical background, your scientific background. Did you have a first technical love? And is that included now in Sintera? Yeah, my, my first technical love was always chemistry. One of the first experiments that I did was making universal indicators using boiled vegetables, so vegetable extract indicators. So chemistry has chemistry's been at the fundamental part of what I do. And I think that there material science, and, and it's very fundamental, also involves a lot of chemistry. I think we do think about chemistry on a daily basis. Patrick, how about you? you know, provide us a little bit with, you, with your background and, and how you met Jatin and, and came on to the founding team at Sintera. Yeah, th- thanks really for the opportunity. So I'm a materials engineer. I was born and raised in Brazil. And the reason that I, I decided to study materials engineer is that at that time, I was in my teenage times, when I was a teenager, I was practicing triathlon. So triathlon is a sport that you need to swim, ride a bicycle and run. And I was always curious to understand about the materials, especially the, the materials that were used for the different bicycle frames. Like what is the difference between carbon, titanium, aluminum? So how can I best select my equipment to perform better in the competition? Then I found out that there, in a specific university in, in Brazil, there was this materials engineering program. I applied to, to it, I accepted. So I spent five years studying materials uh, initially to help me to answer which triathlon equipment I should buy. But of course, along the, the program, I, I felt in love even more by materials engineering. And that was at the end of the, pro- the, the course, I was an intern of a multinational chemical company named Braskin. Braskin is a 20 billion US dollars revenue company with the headquarters in Brazil, operations in the US, Mexico, and Germany. So I started as an intern and then I spent the next 18 years in the company. So my last role there, I was the, the global CTO of the company. And because I was always leading different R&D teams, I was in constant contact with startups, entrepreneurs. Then I fell in love by entrepreneurship, with startups. In 2017, I decided that I wanted to become an entrepreneur. And to make this transition from the corporate world, I decided to apply to an MBA program at MIT in Cambridge, Massachusetts. The name of the program is Longfellow's MBA program. I was accepted, so I left my job at Braskin in May of 2018. One week later, I moved with my family to, to the U.S. I spent this one year and a, a couple of months there. And I used it that year as a process to define what to do next in terms of entrepreneurship, especially where in the world, with whom, what kind of, of topic. And this process brought me here to Singapore in the July of 2019, initially to help the two co-founders of another startup in the graphene space to raise the first financing round and to spin off from, from NUS. And when I was about to accomplish this mission, I was introduced to Tonio Bonacisi, who is one of our co-founders in June of 2020. Then I met Tonio, then I met Chat and our other co-founders. Then we, we decided to team up and to form or, or to work together in the project that some months later became Shintera. So this is the, the background. Okay. Wow. That's very interesting. Thank you. So in terms of like your first technical love, is it sports or materials? Would you say? I would say sports, I think they came first and then materials. I think, but but currently I think is first materials and the second sports. Okay. Thanks. So the company, you guys named it Sintera. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And so this is kind of a fusion of the Mandarin word sin, meaning heart or or love and, and Latin 
terra for earth. So you could say this for new love or new earth, or you say earth being materials, new materials. So I'm curious, how, how did you guys come up with the name and, and what does Sintera mean to you? Maybe, Jatin, you could describe the process that we use it to come up with the name, right? Yeah, so basically early in, I think, early 2021, I want to say, the group got together and we, we had this like massive two-hour session where we, where we broke up into little teams and we had a couple of different phases on trying to find a name. And eventually, I mean, there were really structured exercises, really nice ones, but the one that really worked was just these two guys sitting together and throwing in random words together to see if they work. <laughs> and that's how we ended up with Shintera because also, incidentally, Shintera is the word Shin is also the first syllable of Singapore and Mandarin. And so, so we threw things together, things that involved new, hard, earth, care. Sustain we, we understood that the company as a whole had a core of sustainability. And so that was sort of the guiding principle. And we had a voting and it was very structured and it was almost like one of these mind mapping exercises. But, you know, we eventually found that name. Because for the longest time, it was Nuco. It wasn't even Shintera. And, and basically, there are two angles. When, so the main, the Shin is really new. The main idea behind is new. The word new. And so there are two angles. Terra, as you mentioned, earth, planet, or territory. So one angle is we help companies to explore new territories in, in the field of materials. And the other is because we are focused on sustainability, materials for sustainability. So we want to leave as a legacy a new planet, which is much more environmentally sustainable than the current one. And for those that can see our logo, so this is this was completely unintentional. But after we hired a design firm that helped us to, to design the logo, the, the firm is based in Brazil. So we realized that there's a, a kind of a, a heart here in the in the logo. Go to the heart and an X. Yeah, but the heart was completely unintentional. <laughs> so did, did Sincera win? You said you said you had a vote. Was it close? Or it was just a, a slam dunk at the end? I think it was pretty unanimous. Pretty unanimous. I don't even remember what the other options were. So Okay, well then, then you made absolutely the right choice. So you guys were founded in, in 2021, right in the middle of the pandemic in Singapore and, and around the world. I remember when we were at Emory together, Jatin, I mean, you, you had already transitioned to the team that Sintera came out of, the Accelerated Materials Development for a Manufacturing Program. And I remember just hearing that you guys had ideas for spinning out a company. And then I, I met you sometime later and it's like, the company's already formed and I was really shocked and... It's always proud and just, wow, people, we often as scientists, we, we like to talk about these things, but to see you take the action, take the dive is really great to hear, great to see. But that jump, jump from the lab, jump from the knowing what, what's coming next to the world of entrepreneurship. Could you share a little bit like the founding story, like what absolutely convinced you that, that you needed to, to take the company out and the assurances, you never have full assurances, but you know, the assurances you had in yourself and the founding team to, to take that jump. Yeah, so I'll say one thing is that the founding team, I absolutely believe 100% in the founding team. And I think this had a very big part to play in, in taking the jump from the relative security of Imri to the to, to startup life. So absolutely no doubt that with the people that we have and the mindset that we have, that it was going to be one heck of a ride. And it has been so far. So. How it all happened was actually we'd started discussing the possibility of having a, a, a startup very, very early on. And you're absolutely right that some of these things are pipe dreams that you think about and you think, oh yeah, that's a great idea that we'll work on someday. What we did, and this was a very early conversation between myself, Kedar, Tony, is that, hey, if we ever want to make this a startup, what are we going to need to do within our current work plan that will prove to us that 
hey, we can make a viable business out of this. And so we set about a handful of things. High impact papers was one of them. Certain industry projects were another. And so all of these things eventually came into fruition. We proved to ourselves that this technology was viable because back then it was really nascent, really, really nascent. We proved that it was viable. And then we started sort of digging a little bit deeper. We went for a, a boot camp hosted by Smart. So that worked out really well. We learned a thing or two. We got really excited about the prospect. We met Patrick and Patrick's excitement rubbed off on us and our excitement rubbed off on Patrick. And, and people started sort of, it's almost like planetary accretion where, where all the all the satellite objects start coming together to form this planet. Yeah, and that's that's what led us to Shinter. Yeah, if I may add a few comments. So we were, of course, at that time, before incorporating Shinter, we incorporated the Shinter in March of 2021. So we had some thoughts like, is it worth maybe, so before incorporating the company, getting some grants, like the Central Gap Fund was an example, there, there are other grants, uh, and progress with the technology and then spin off and create a company later. So what are, what are the pros and cons? Then in the end, what really happened in practice, so we started receiving demand from customers. So they wanted to discuss projects with us. And, and the, the team, the founding team from Shintero comes both from ASTAR and SMART, which is the Singapore MIT Alliance for Research and Technology. And to help these particular customers, we needed the expertise from the teams coming from both institutions. So it would be hard to serve or to execute these projects only with the ASTAR team or only with the SMART team. So, okay, now we need to sign, to discuss the project with the customer, we need to sign NDA. But to sign the NDA, then we need to have a company format. And then if you, if you want to make a proposal and, and to issue an invoice, we also, and to receive the money, we need to have a company bank account. And because we started receiving this demand from the customer, from the market, so we, we thought, okay, now is really the time to incorporate Chintera and, and let's move on. Okay, I love that. As, as someone who was an industry development manager at, at Emory, knowing what it takes and the headaches sometimes of signing three-party NDAs, I would love to hear that, that the bureaucracy kind of helped push, helped push and, and the simplified answer, the right answer was to form a company to, to address these industry contracts, which is, you know, great that, that ultimately it's, the technology is mature enough that a company can take it on and, and not the, not the research labs interfacing with, with the end user companies in Singapore or, or abroad that, that come here for our expertise. You talked a little bit about the Singapore MIT Alliance for Technology and Research, SMART, and we've talked a little bit about ASTAR. Anything particular you want to say about the Singapore ecosystem and the Singapore startup ecosystem that helped coalesce Sentera together, either pre-founding or, or post-founding? Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's amazing the capacity of Singapore as a country and, of course, through the different agencies and like ASTAR and the institutes to bring great talent from all over the world together, of course, combined with local talents, right? So if we consider the founding team of, of Shintera, so each one of us coming from many different countries and the, and the people very knowledgeable and experienced in different areas. And in the end, so I think really this just happened because Singapore has this ability to bring talent and to attract talent here and, and work together. Okay, great. Maybe you could talk a little bit about the, the base technology that you had in 2021 that companies were coming to Emory, coming to, to Smart. To, to get and that, that you then turn into the use case for, for the founding of Sintera. Yep. So in essence, I think that there was, there was a lot of knowledge or sorry, there was, there was some technology in terms of machine learning that, that Shintera sort of started its foundation on. And so we, we, we developed some new sort of some algorithms. We expanded our know-how and our past experience towards the high throughput experimentation as well. And of course, because we are all material scientists, and if you think about it, our combined experience with material science is about a century's worth. And so there was a treasure trove of knowledge 
that we just applied and, 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 and brought together towards building that base expertise. And more than beyond expertise, it's methodology and, and just the way we approach problems that made up that base tech. Okay. Ultimately, you're, you are a materials company. That's your, your marketing. So what are, you, what are you guys doing specifically in, in the material space? What would you say your goals are for, for the short term, medium term, and, and long term? I could, I could maybe talk about, I could talk about it the other way around. So what is, what is our long-term vision? And our long-term vision is that Shintero wants to become the ARM, the ARM, the, the semiconductor company of new materials. And so if you think about ARM, ARM doesn't manufacture. ARM just creates the technologies that license out to other companies to manufacture their chips. And so we see Shintera as a company that will help, that will do this. And it's not just one small facet materials, but, but a broad facet. Now, obviously, that's a, that's a broad and a very large ambitious goal. So to, to get us along the way, I think we're starting with a couple of different pockets of materials. And the first pocket of material that we're looking at materials for carbon capture. So, so CO2 capture and sequestration, potentially utilization as well. So in terms of your, your carbon capture materials, you're using your XDF platform to, to help design those materials. Could you bring us through what is the, the Sintera design factory as a, a culmination of, of your, your piecewise technologies and talk to us about how you're using that to work on the carbon capture materials? Yeah, sure. So, so the XDF or the Sintera design factory is essentially a combination of our combined material science expertise, and that's at the core or the very heart of what we do. It's also combined with artificial intelligence that is specifically tailored to solve material science problems, where you sort of have very, very, not, not a large amount of data, but data that's highly descriptive and, and, and highly dimensional. And then finally, a high throughput experimentation platform that is developed in-house. So we, we take pride in the fact that a lot of the high throughput experimentation that we do in terms of parallelization, miniaturization, and even proxy experiments, they're all conceptualized in-house. And most of the time, we build it in-house as well from the ground up. So it's the fabrication, the electronics, the testing, the, the commissioning, everything is done in-house. And so if you combine these three things together, material science expertise, artificial intelligence for material science, and high-throughput experimentation, that makes up the Shintera Design Factory. And so it can be used in many, many different ways but ultimately, it's guided by this fundamental of wanting to speed up experimentation and speed up the generation of new materials and new material formulation using this platform. Okay, so you, you talked about speed up. Could you give us, do you have any examples you can give on kind of multiplier factors that, that you speed up your, your materials discovery? So typically, we look at, look at anywhere between 10, 10 times or more in terms of the whole overall R&D process. But if you think about just carbon capture alone, now what we've built is a high throughput experimentation tool that is able to measure how well a material captures carbon dioxide. State of the art traditionally, it takes about half a day to a day to measure one sample. And these are high fidelity tests done by academics the world over. What we do is we're able to get very, very similar high fidelity measurements, but we can get up to 50 a day. And so we're talking about an acceleration of 25 to 50. Wow. So in terms of the, these materials that, that your XDF is is developing and then you guys are testing for carbon capture. What type of carbon capture are you, are you talking about? So we've, we've started our process on looking at more direct air capture oriented carbon capture technologies. Direct air capture is a traditionally harder problem to solve than point source because you're dealing with atmospheric carbon dioxide, which tends to be less than a thousand PPM. So you're dealing with very, very low concentration carbon dioxide. And so how do you 
absorb that very low concentration of stuff in the air. And so this is the first challenge that we're targeting. It requires you to simulate different environments, which is what a high throughput tool can do, whether it is an arid climate or a tropical humid climate or a warm, cold. These are all things that we're sort of working our way towards. And then, of course, there is in our roadmap, the slated expansion towards dealing with point source, things like flue gas, things like exhaust, where your carbon dioxide concentrations are typically higher, your pressures are higher, your temperatures are higher as well. But it's all part of a sort of a long roadmap that is focused a little bit on the testing, but also has that element of our XDF that, that is meant for materials, fabrication materials, formulation materials, synthesis. Okay. So when, when you talk about the, the formulation, synthesis, and eventually, once you find the material, you create the material, you, you work on it, you test it, it works in your XDF. And you say, that's the winner. How do you scale that up? You talked a little bit about licensing that out. Could you tell us like what would be an ideal situation once you've got that key material for that specific carbon capture, say in the tropics, in this Singapore environment, what comes after that? So maybe one or two steps back is the idea of the testing and the fabrication that we're doing and artificial intelligence sort of guiding us towards a particular material. But ultimately, if you want a material, you need a target product profile. Material targeted towards either a climate or a, or a particular concentration of carbon dioxide or a particular application, particular airflows. You know, there are a whole range of different things that you can think about. And so what we're looking at from right now is actually partners. So, so industry partners, early stage partners that we can work with, whether it is jointly working on a, a project like a, like a JV or JD, or ultimately companies that are interested in manufacturing materials for carbon capture. So these could be chemical companies, materials companies. It's a, it's a broad range. Or it could be the end users. We have this, we have this vision that, that we want carbon capture materials to be ubiquitous throughout society. Having, having buildings coated in a, in a paint that captures carbon dioxide or having people walk around wearing clothes that are embedded with carbon capture materials so that every human being could be a carbon capture agent. And so how do you do that? Well, you know, partnership with companies that, you know, a paints company or a, or a textile manufacturer or something like that. And this is, this is what we're exploring at the moment, getting that partnership in early so that we can build tailor-made materials using our platform. Okay. So that, I mean, this brings us a little bit to maybe the business model or, or partnerships for Sintera. So what would you say, what would be the type of customer is your target customer? I would say maybe today or maybe next year. And then as Sintera evolves as a company. Yeah, so basically we have two business models. One is providing services and the other is the materials IP licensing starting by carbon capture on the, as a service. So we have been supporting and we keep looking for, for new customers in the fields of chemicals, polymers, poop and paper, paints and coatings, beauty and personal care, but not limited to, to these industries, but these, these are the industries that we are currently serving. And on the carbon capture initiative, so basically we are looking for, as Jati mentioned, to establish, we're, we're looking for early stage partner. Uh, that can co-develop together with us the final uh, carbon capture solution with our materials uh, integrated. And that we are looking for partners in the industries of uh, textiles, paints and coatings, oil and gas, and appliances. Can you find all those in Singapore or do you immediately kind of also look abroad? Yeah, so we can. So we have a good representation of companies in each one of these industries here. However, this is a really a global, it's a global market with global players. So we are talking to companies both here or multinational companies with operations here or and companies with operations everywhere. So if we look at, let's say your, okay, for lack of a better word, I'll say contract research type companies. Like if, if a company says, I just can't, I can't find the right material. I, I've gone through all the databases. I, I've talked to everyone I know. Can, can you come help me design the material for X application? Can you talk us a little bit, how does that, 
how does that customer experience work when they when they come to you at Centera? Yeah, so in general, the companies that they have, if, and if they don't, we help them to come up with a very clear problem statement in terms of the materials that they need to develop or optimize or to reduce the cost. And once the problem st statement is clear, so we need data, ideally it's experimental data. We can deal with data from literature, but we prefer to deal, deal with experimental data. And in this kind of as a, as a service project in general, the data come from the customer, data anonymized. We don't, when we are talking about composition, data composition, we don't need to know the, the name of the ingredients, the molecules, the commercial names. We just need the, the data and of course have a minimal understanding about the inputs and the outputs. Based on that, we train our uh, algorithms that make the, the recommendation of the new materials or formulations that should be uh, developed or validated in the lab, or in some cases into the manufacturing commercial process. We have cases like a, a company that was trying to develop a, a thermoinsulating coating. They spent seven months, six, nine different formulations. None of them worked. In less than one month, we were able to come up with formulations that by far exceeded the expected performance. But another case is a chemical company. Uh, they are trying to develop a specific additive to mix with polymers. And they wanted us to recombine the 15 ingredients that they use in the formulation to reduce the cost in 5%. It's a very commoditized industry. So 5% would mean a lot of money for this, uh, this industry, this company. And uh, in less than one month, we were able to remove two of the ingredients, uh, actually three, two, they were the, the most expensive. And the third one that was really, it was not, not a good ingredient for the, uh, the environment. And we were able to reduce the cost in more than 20%, which was wow. completely mind blowing to this company. And uh, so these are for the, the kind of projects they are, they are, I think, goal specific, goal oriented. And for those companies that they want to access our platform in a more regular basis, they want to have more autonomy to, to explore different kinds of materials and problem statements that they have. So we, we build tailored artificial intelligence models to them. And in this model, we, we charge a subscription fee for them to access the platform. 20%, that, that's amazing. Okay. So, I mean, that's a little bit about your, your customers, target and, and present. Let's talk a little bit maybe about partnerships that you need to, to do your job. When we look at tech startups, the buzzword is, is software, software, software. It's easy to scale. Yeah, easy to scale, easy to grow. But you guys, you're doing materials development, you're doing materials testing, you're designing, building, running your own lab equipment. And oh yeah, you're, you're also doing AI development as well. So you've got a very small founding team. How do you handle all of this in a, in a small team? Or do you also leverage partners to, to make all this, to make your magic work as well? Yeah, so you're absolutely right. There's, there's a lot going on. But what this, what, what, or how our team works is we have our job responsibilities and what we do best very well defined. And so everybody's off and everybody's independent and really chin down and, and getting this stuff done. And this really helps facilitate things getting done. But more importantly, everybody understands their interface with the other person. And we're blessed because we've had a really good team that work very well together and they know exactly where to hand off so that the other person can pick it up and continue. And this this helps with increasing efficiency. And so, yeah, we have, we have our AI lead who's always looking at state-of-the-art in terms of AI. He interfaces with his colleagues and ex-colleagues on what's going on in industry and academia, constantly learning and bringing these learnings towards our, our projects, our artificial intelligence intelligent development, high throughput experimentation people. So we have an automation engineer and a high throughput experimentation lead. They're both constantly looking out for the best, the best new techniques of fabrication. What are the experimentations that we need to do? And so they bring all that wealth of knowledge. We have a lab manager with extensive analytical chemistry knowledge. And then we've got Patrick, who is very much an industry veteran, who, who knows how to deal with the customer centric customer facing technical discussions and then and then I slot in by helping Patrick with the technical discussions, helping to bring the team together, guide the team, sort of 
contextualize, look at big picture. And so we all know our role really, really well. And I think that is crucial, absolutely crucial, especially in an early stage startup where you really have to run lean. Okay. Thanks. Do you, do, I was just curious. So I, I know that the technology came out of Emory. Do you, and, and, and smart, do you, and two of your co-founders are, are still there. Do you, how, how much do you rely on the, the expertise or, or teams back that, that you were with pre-spinner or are you quite independent already? Yeah, I think, I think it's been, um, it's been a journey, but now we, we, we're kind of at that stage where if you're referring to our technical advisors, we have three technical advisors, uh, Professor Tony Bonacisi, who's, who's at MIT, Gaonkar, who's both at NTU and Imri a- Astar, and then Lucia, who's, who's a professor at the Northwestern Polytechnic University. So we do interface with them once a week, most of the time, sometimes a little bit more. And we've started becoming a lot more independent, I'd say in the last four to six months, where we, where we are running up the day-to-day and we spend time with them because we have a limited amount of time with them to calibrate on certain technical plans, technical ideas and really sort of, it's it's on us, right? Even though we we came out of A-Star and Smart, it really is on us to, to drive our technical direction and and really do it for ourselves. We have their support because also they're co-founders, but but that's that's really how we, we're operating at the moment. If I may add, so Shintar is a completely independent entity with our own team, with our proprietary technology and platform and so on. But of course, we, we, we need and we are and we will keep evolving on the technology side as well. So we are always looking for new IP, new technologies being, being developed at A-Star, at MIT and at other places to make sure that we will be up to date. And so we keep in close contact with several different teams at A-Star, Smart, at MIT and a few other institutions. That leads very nicely into my next question. I don't want to say what's next for Sintera because you, you've got a lot on your plate. But let's say if, if we had a conversation in two, three years, how would you define success for Sintera? So I would define success in two, three years. This is the amount of carbon capture materials that our partners are selling and paying right to us because this is the IP licensing model, right? And on doing this, this is the amount of a huge amount of carbon capture of CO2 that's being captured. And, and being able to measure and, and to be proud of the huge impact in terms of combating the climate change that the materials designed by XDF will be provided to, to our planet. Okay, that's wonderful. Anything to add there, Jatin? My hope and my vision is to see Shintera's name as, as, as a company that's synonymous with creating sustainable materials on the planet. If you think Tesla, you think of electric vehicles, you think of Microsoft, you think of computers, and then you think of Shintera and you think of sustainable materials. And that's how I want to be. That's what I hope for, for this company. Okay, that's great. Sintera for sustainable materials. So I just want to switch maybe to a couple more lighthearted questions. I want to go back to actually to the XDF platform and kind of this, this dream of bespoke or, or creating materials with the material property that, that you most want. And so as kids or even adults now, we talk about superpowers. And if you were, you know, what superpower would you have if you could choose one? So I, I want to ask that question about a material. If you could design a material with any singular dream and material property, what would that property be? What, what would you design? Maybe start with you, Jatin. Yeah. More than a material, I would... So, so when I was a PhD student, I was frustrated with, with making these, these molecules that I needed for my, for my research. And so I joked with some of the postdocs in my lab, like, how, how fun would it be if I could just draw that molecule on a computer and get a machine to spit out five grams of that chemical and 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 everybody just laughed at me like you child what are you talking about i mean that's what i'd like to have i'd like to have an xdf where you just like 
hey, wouldn't it be nice if I had a really nice material that could do this? And then you just put pen your ideas into XDF. A day later, you have that material sitting in front of you. And so that's my vision. That's the superpower I wish we had. Okay, what about you, Patrick? Uh, so I, I think it's, it's very in line. And, and I think especially democratizing the materials R&D process. Because currently, it takes time. It's very expensive also because it takes time. It's limited. So if we can empower every startup, small company, or even at the individual level, like Jatin mentioned, to create their own sustainable uh, material. I think this will be the ultimate vision for Shintera. Okay. Thank you. Another one. We're here at, at One North, Block 55. What's the best lunch around here for less than $10? I'm addicted to Nazilema. So I, I, I love the Nazilema shop at the Fusionopolis one. Jatin? Yeah. I'm a big fan of the kebabs at Timber Plus. The kebabs at Timber Plus and Nazilema at Fusionopolis. What if your investors were here? Where would you take them for lunch? Same places or a little bit fancier? Same places. Yeah, I mean, I would be, I would be keen. If they're keen, I'd be keen to take them to Timber Plus. It, it does get a bit crowded, so maybe the Nasi Lamak is, is, is also a very good option. Actually, the, the last lunch that I have with one of our investors, it was not here. It was in the in downtown, in the CBD. We went to a very small restaurant, like in a very typical food, and I tried for the first time. It, it was a less than $5 meal, and I tried for the first time the Stingray. It was absolutely delicious. So that's food. What about coffee? Where do you guys get your caffeine? I don't have time for a coffee break. <laughs> I usually have coffee in the in in the pantry. Coffee in the pantry, here. Patrick. Yeah. I, so I, I don't I don't drink coffee, but I'm addicted to iced tea. So there are a few good shops here at Timber Plus. Okay. Thanks. Any anything else that that you guys want to plug about Centera, past, present, future? Yeah, I think we we are evolving fast. So if we think that uh, we just incorporated Shintaro in March of last year, we were able to raise our oversubscribed seed round in the beginning of this year. Then we already have, so we, we brought three of our, actually four of our co-founders, including myself full-time at Shintaro in the beginning of this year. Then we were accepted by many different top acceleration programs all over the, the world, being able to, so we already have our lab operational. We have our many prototypes of our carbon capture high throughput experimentation. So our customers, they range uh, for the, the service as a service model. They range from startups to 20 billion US dollars annual revenue company. So I think that the, in one hand, we are proud of how much we have been accomplished in this short period of time. And on the other hand, we know that this is just the beginning, the, the, just the tip of the iceberg. And uh, so we need to make sure that we will be progressing even faster than the way we have been progressing. Okay, that's that's great to hear. And then if people want to find out more about Sentera, follow you, where's the best place for that? Your website, LinkedIn? Yeah, but both our website and the, our, our LinkedIn profile. Okay, great. So come find Sentera on LinkedIn and their website is quite easy to find on Google. Okay, thank you, Jatin. Thank you, Patrick, for your time this afternoon. Thank you. Thanks, Ruben. And with that, thanks for listening. Please hit like and subscribe wherever you are getting your podcasts. Thanks for joining us for our launch series and be sure to look out for future episodes as we explore the intersection of science, technology, and business in the growing Singapore deep tech scene together.